Hi, I am Angie, the mental health blogger. Ahoy, hello, and welcome to Mike's Open Journal, episode 39, where, as you heard there, I'll be talking with, or have talked with, um, the lovely Angie, uh, the mental health blogger. So this is going to be a great episode for you guys that maybe engage with some of those Monday evening chats where we talk online with the hashtag mental health hour or mental health HR, uh, as it appears. So this was a great talk to kind of get a little bit more information about the person that has created that chat uh, and kind of find out a little bit of information around setting up one of those online conversations and some of our own experiences with regards to uh, being involved in the mental health community uh, and particularly online. This is going to be the first episode with a uh, Twitter hashtag conversation creator uh, as the possibly the next episode or the one after that will be with Hannah, uh, creator of hashtag TalkMH. Um, so it's a great opportunity for obviously myself and you guys that are listening in to hear a little bit from these two wonderful women that are really leading the way with some of those online communications and conversations that we're having around mental health. Uh, so do uh, listen in, um, hear what they've got to say and check them out online as well. Um, so obviously uh, today um, I've spoken with Angie and you can find her on Twitter at mblog101. Um, so definitely go and check her out. Um, she'll give you a little bit of information at the end of the podcast as well. Thank you very much for listening in. Uh, I'm going to throw you straight into not quite the start of our conversation, but near the beginning. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much for listening again. And please do remember, you're not alone out there. Actually, before that conversation starts, I should just mention that when we started talking, I didn't know Angie's name, um, as we'd only spoken on or through Twitter. Um, so that was kind of the start of our conversation, so don't kind of think it's too weird that we're about to discuss what her name is when I've just told you what her name is. Um, you're just going to have to kind of get over that bit. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so I suppose first up... <laughs> okay. Um, what's your name? <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> oh, was I even close? You were nowhere near close. Oh. Uh, but I have to say, I think personal favourites, although slightly offensive as well Doris there's nothing wrong with Doris it's I just is there a cartoon mouse called Doris because I associate it with a mouse oh, I don't know why no okay so Doris for me is there's a film with um I can't think what the lady's name is but it's got Arnold Schwarzenegger in it okay. and he's like a secret agent person and then his wife thinks um I think his wife gets like bored with the relationship goes to have this affair with this guy who pretends to be a secret agent yeah um and then she her husband finds out and um like gets her to play along with some stuff while he's pretending to be a secret agent when really he is yeah. it's confusing but at the end of the film they both become secret agents and okay. um his name's boris and her name's doris so doris <laughs> to me is like but uh, i can't think what her name is now it's really annoying but yeah, because they were Boris and Doris, so Doris okay. To me no, but is I like just a feel like it's a mouse's name. I don't know why. It, I guess it kind of is. I don't okay, know. that one was quite good. Yeah, Gertrude. Gertrude. Hashtag, hashtag. I'd never heard of that name before. <gasps> there was a like a newspaper thing. I'm sure. Uh, we're quite late in the year now, aren't we? So it could have been this year. 
Um, I thought it was last year, but maybe it was the early part of this year. There's definitely been someone, I don't know if it's in this country or if it was America, um, but there's definitely someone with the name hashtag. And the it's fact, a very American thing to do. Yeah. Uh, yes, but mm, some places. <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be. But I reckon once there's one, there's you're going to get a couple. It'll become a trend. Yeah. Soon it'll be like a, a classic thing in a classroom. Hashtag. Yeah. I don't okay. Know. So is it time that I reveal my name? I feel like I want more clues, but it's just if I was nowhere near and I did have quite a lot of guesses. <laughs> I can give you the second letter. Okay, give me the second letter. Okay, A and N. Oh, what? So, okay. You got three guesses. Oh, man, A and N. And okay, I just feel like I'm just going to come up with names that I've already guessed, though. Um, so it's not... Oh, damn it, I don't want to waste guesses. I've got three, yeah. Okay, uh... Okay, I'll try not to take ages, because that'll be a waste. Uh, so it's not Annie. No. Um, okay, two left. Okay. Arabella. No, that's A-R. That's R, but that's one guess gone as oh, well. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. <laughs> like, okay, so I'm just going to go with like my, my natural instinct... Don't okay. judge me. Remember that we've just talked about hashtag being a name. So yes. on that sort of scale, okay. anthrax. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, it was just the first thing that came into my mind. All right, I felt time pressure. That's well, clearly not, not that. It's clearly not your name, but maybe it was closer. No. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Angie. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it's not even an uncommon name. It's not that uncommon, is it? No. And I guess Danforax. <laughs> exactly. What were you thinking? It was the first thing that came into my head. <laughs> well, there we go. It has been revealed. Oh, my name. Damn it. <laughs> well, that was definitely fun to have you guessing. Oh, man. I can't believe I had all those all over the place guesses and that wasn't one of them. I know. Especially all those A, A, like, A names that you guess because you guess quite a few. Yeah, I think I've... I definitely had, like, a whole tweet. I might have even had... I think I had two whole tweets. Oh, yeah, of just A names. Yeah. And none of them were even close. No. Oh, well, you know now. God damn it. <laughs> my, I, like, one of my friends went out with a girl called Angie for ages as well. Like, so it's a name. You know the name. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel, like, a little bit disappointed in myself. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Were you expecting something more exciting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, it, oh, I don't know. I just, oh, man. I think because you'd said it wasn't like a common name. So I was really thinking like. I was well, trying... I feel like it's not that common. Like, yeah, I, don't I suppose it's not. Any other Angie's. Yeah, it's not a common name. But. I guess, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, Annie or, like, yeah. things like that, they're, could, they're more common. I couldn't get away from, like, Annie and, like, Annabelle and yeah. those sorts of... They're more common. Yeah. Whereas, like, obviously, I think most people probably know at least one Angie, but... But probably one. Not, not really common. Yeah. Although now you know two, so... I do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the only, next time someone yeah. says to you, guess my name with an A and an N, you'll have to guess that name now. 
becoming more common. It's becoming more well, yeah, one person at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly but surely. Yeah. Woo-hoo. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think obviously we started talking um, through the hashtag Mental Health Hour or HR. Yeah. Um, like I didn't know if you wanted to have a little bit of a chat about kind of why you started that up and how it's been going. Yeah. Okay. Um, so basically, like at my uni, I'm part of like a blogging society. Okay. Everyone there talked all about all these chats on Twitter because I didn't really know how to use Twitter before I came to uni. Mm. And then everyone was like, oh yeah, all these Twitter chats, blah, blah, blah. But no one knew of any mental health ones. So I was like, right, I'm going to start one up. Let's get this going, blah, blah, blah. So I started it up and then literally like two days later, I realised that there was that talk mental health one. Yeah. And I was like, damn, and that's <laughs> a successful one too. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll be an amateur and just like follow behind. <laughs> like, I was trying to do something new, but clearly, clearly it's not. I've and seen... since then, I've actually found quite a few. Like there's one on Monday nights. I think it's called like Mental Health Monday or something like that. Oh, I've not seen uh, that one. Yeah, I saw a hashtag like a couple of days ago. So I checked it out and that's a Twitter chat as well. And I was like, damn, I thought I was like being original here, but clearly not. I think there's, I think there's probably quite a lot um some of them are like specific ones because i've seen ones that are like for ocd depression uh borderline um so there's like specific ones but they seem to like the couple that i've sort of dropped in on they i don't i think they're really engaging at the time but they don't kind of do anything outside of their like their hour Oh, okay. Whereas I think that's why the the talk MH one is because people sort of use it a little bit through the week. Yeah. Um, and I think more people sort of notice it other than those that just happen to be like online at the time. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that's why I I think I really liked your one firstly because like it's on the Monday and like I really struggled with. Um, like some of the chats that I was involved with because they're all over the place like days in the week or times of the day and like a Monday evening is quite easy to remember yeah yeah and that's why I wanted to do it like eight till nine as well because I just thought most people are done with their days like at that time Mm. especially on on a Monday yeah yeah (laughs) yeah, because I thought the thing is is I thought like if I do it other nights like, I've got commitments on other nights, and I thought other people might have commitments. Like, Monday night is quite a neutral night because it's the start of the week, so, like, mm. nobody can be bothered to do yeah. anything on night, which I thought was great because then they'll be on Twitter <laughs> and lure them in that way. Very true. Yeah I, yeah, I can't... My motivation for doing stuff on a Monday night is, is yeah, pretty minimal to the stage where if someone even asks me to do something, I'm like, no, nah, it's Monday. I don't, I don't really do stuff on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> off yeah i'm like i do you like wednesday maybe friday (laughs) (laughs) thing is it's like that's the thing wednesday you're like it's midweek i can power through now friday you're like it's the weekend and monday it's like i have five days to go (laughs) yeah it's like the big hill that you've got to climb yeah i think it's just um monday's like you get back in the swing of stuff for the week and you try and think for me as well it's about having that it's quite nice to know that you've got one evening, like kind of, kind of guaranteed in the week, 
where you're you're like you're not really going to go out you're not really going to do too much like you're um, just going to chill yeah yeah no that's true um and i think that can be i guess that can be really important in its own way uh and it's probably it probably i don't know maybe it'd be more beneficial in the middle of the week but <laughs> just on that monday i'm like oh i just i can get through the day knowing that in the evening i'm just i'm literally just going to chill i'm not going to do anything I think the most I've done probably for the last couple of months on a Monday is like go shopping on the way home. Yeah, and even once that's done and you're home, you're home kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I do on the way home. <laughs> like once I get home, I ain't going out. <laughs> <laughs> it's PJ's time. You can just like lie in bed after that. Yeah. <laughs> Watch TV. <laughs> it's like, yeah, proper chill out. Get the iPad out. Yeah, just, just chill. I know. Well, I've never been a big one for like TV and things like that, but um since i've started using the ipad a lot more like i just put that on like when i'm doing food and things so you've almost constantly got either like radio or tv on yeah see i'm a massive music fan so always got music playing always do like a little bit of music in the background that is good i love music especially like if i'm like studying or if i'm cleaning it's just like oh yeah i can't like you say, if you're trying to like crack on with stuff, and TV's too much of a distraction. Although I did manage it's to do some. to watch it. Yeah, I did manage to do some cleaning the other day while watching a film, which I was pretty impressed with. I did Why like did you a... clean at the same time as a film. Well, the, the film I wanted to watch, but I knew wasn't going to be amazing. Oh, okay. Um, and Ready for disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I thought if I'm only half watching it, I think it'll be really good. Because yeah. um, I was watching the uh, it's the second divergent film is it called insurgent i think it's called insurgent i'm really bad at film titles um and yeah i thought it was quite good but i think i thought a lot more of it because i was only kind of half watching it yeah um so i'd do like 10 minutes of watching the film and then like 10 minutes of cleaning but i'd be moving the ipad around with me so i could still if i couldn't see it i'd hear it yeah um and that was enough and that was quite good because we got a few bits done rather than just sitting down for like two and a half hours and doing nothing thing like because it takes a portion of your day yeah because i've started to get quite bad where i'm watching a little bit less telly and a few more films and the problem is it's like telly's fine because if you sit down and watch something for 40 minutes or an hour that's okay but if you sit down and watch a film it's like two and a half hours or whatever it's a long time to then get yourself going afterwards and especially like once you're comfy and then the film ends, you're like, but I'm warm and I'm comfy and I don't want to move. Yeah. And I've just like scoffed my face with sweets while I've sat here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The best, what was you saying? Sorry. It's the best way to oh, eat sweet and watch TV. I know. You so, can't watch film without something to eat oh we can't um, no yes it is difficult it's oh. nice even if it's just like a plain digestive biscuit yeah that's true Although mother did tell her i've got <laughs> i've got used to just like plain biscuits are like you're about to go to bed and you're trying not to eat something heavy now <laughs> <laughs> something light and fulfilling yeah well just eating really <laughs> trying for it to not be like chocolate or or ice cream or whatever else i've got going (laughs) um yeah we diverted quite a lot there (laughs) just a bit um so obviously since starting it up how have you found it or like 
if you were doing it as part of like um some other people in your uh blogging society like what were they doing and how is what you've done kind of compared to what they were doing i've absolutely loved doing setting up this chat i mean the first two or three weeks were a bit of a struggle at times when it was literally only you turning up (laughs) (laughs) i was literally looking at my flatmates like i have one person it's the same person that keeps coming back and no one else (laughs) but the last two or three weeks is like so many people have turned up Mm. that it's like a really nice atmosphere yeah and i think that's what i really like about like the community on there like Mm. on twitter it's just it's so nice and like it's really nice to sort of have people answer the questions knowing that the answers to the questions could help other people yeah which is quite nice but um with like the blogging society only one other girl has like set up her own chat and she does travel blogging okay Um, but i think she stopped it now but she like she loved it as well and i think that's kind of what motivated me to do it was Mm. like I saw, obviously it does take a bit of planning to set it up and whatever, but she enjoyed it so much that I was kind of like, well, obviously at the time I thought there wasn't any mental health chat. <laughs> um, so I just thought, right, well, I'll give it a go as well. So I sort of spent the whole summer holidays with my brother coming up with like questions and topics and things like that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So now I've got like a little book with all my questions and topics in it. And do it like that, really. But oh. I love it. I think, like you say, yeah, definitely the um, like the last couple of weeks, there seems to be like gradually quite a few people getting involved, and um, a few people that kind of jump in towards the end of it as well. Where um, I guess they're starting to pick up on the the other people that are now sort of commenting and including themselves in that chat as well. So it's just gradually over time, as more and more people come in, then more and more people see it from them well, being involved the they use the hashtags and people are like oh what's that and then yeah. find it and then hopefully it will grow and mm. be- <laughs> well it's already growing isn't it i think you see that yeah. like you say in the numbers yeah it's growing quite quickly because it's only been going for what five weeks maybe six weeks i don't know i, I started it on the 26th of september October. so actually that's a month well so was i in your first one I must. No. Was I in the Were second you? one? I can't I remember if I was you, in the first one or the second one. I think you joined halfway through the first one. Oh, okay. And I think I, someone else was at the first one. They joined in, but then they dropped out halfway. Then you came. Oh. And then I think I had the same issue the, the week after. Someone came at the start and then dropped out. Um, you were there for out, and then I think a couple of people came at the end. Mm. But it, like, as the weeks were going, it wasn't other than you. It wasn't the same people coming back every time. Yeah. Whereas now it is like there's like three or four people that do keep coming back every week, mm. which is a good sign. That's really good. Yeah. I so, liked. Well, I think it was. I can't remember if it was this week or last week, and I remember there'd been a couple of people that had mentioned it and said, "Oh, remind me when it's on." Yeah. And I was like, damn it, if I can't remember who the people are that have asked me to remind them, I think I just know. I was like, if I just send a few tweets, surely someone will remember that. <laughs> well, that's the thing, because I obviously I put a reminder out, but everyone tweets so much Yeah. that sometimes tweets just get missed. Yeah, definitely. And 
I send like the I might send the reminder out like a couple of hours before and then an hour before. Mm. But if people are still sort of you know on their way back from work or things like that, they're not going to see it. Yeah. But so, like, sometimes where it's just like people don't see that I'm just like in an hour I'll see you guys for like mental health hour. Yeah, it can be hard. I think that's like you say you you get some people that if they're on regularly and then other people notice once you're kind of. I guess once the chat's up and going and there's quite a few tweets happening, sometimes it's more noticeable then as well. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that's why, like in the last couple of weeks, you get a few more people kind of noticing halfway through. Yeah. Um, because it started to pop up a lot more and maybe they were looking out for stuff near the beginning, but they don't happen to see it or if they're not online. Yeah, exactly. Um, but to be fair, more people are now being, like are now being there from the start mm. like eight o'clock which is quite nice because then they're there throughout yeah and then loads of people join throughout so i always start the evening i'm like oh i'll be able to do something at the same time and i always end up being like nope just got to sit here and do with the notifications which is great yeah. i love because it just shows that people are interested in the things that we have like to talk about so mm. that's cool oh, i can only imagine yeah because i think sometimes when you get talking and it's hard to keep up sometimes as like a participant in the chat yeah and then for you who gets tagged in on on i know <laughs> almost every tweet i know um like to be able to pick out the ones that are asking you directly a question yeah. um because sometimes it's just like you know there might be like a conversation happening underneath one of the questions yeah then other people might just be like solely replying to that one question mm. so it's kind of like keeping up with people's conversations that might have like three or four people in it and then also having to like make sure that I do reply to the people that are not part of that conversation who are just sort of like replying because they want to answer that question yeah and so how do you um like when we're doing the chat like I just use my phone because I find that that's the thing that refreshes the quickest yeah no um, I use too yeah I wasn't sure how because it's like, oh, do you try and do different things? Or um, I know people that have tried to use, like, uh, to be fair, they're not leading the chat, but they use their, like, laptop or computer f- to... I just feel like it wouldn't refresh quick enough. Yeah, I'm the same. Because my phone, like, now, whenever I'm doing the chat, I average on about 12 notifications at a time. Mm. But I need to be able to get through them quickly. Yeah. And I usually try and make sure that I'm, like, having dinner or something at the same time. So having my laptop next to me, it's just kind of like, oh, can I type and eat at the same time? Whereas yeah. it's easy on my phone. So, but yeah, I just don't think the laptop would go quick enough for everything that I would need to be able to do. Because mm. obviously, it, like, yeah. keep it's replying and then it's also keeping an eye on the time and being like, okay, the next question now needs to go out. So do you, um, because you're uh, the first person that kind of leads the chat that I've spoken to, I think it'd yeah. be, it's quite cool just to ask a few questions so maybe other people that like listening to the chats that don't I don't know don't know or don't think about like how you have to organize that and work that um yeah. do you like watch the time so you post out like a question at a certain time or do you schedule any of them or how do you work like the structure um, of the hour I don't know how to schedule tweets if I did that could make things a lot easier <laughs> <laughs> But it depends. If it's a topic that I've managed to think of, like, 
I have I might tell myself that I need a minimum of four questions. Mm. If I have four questions, then I usually do it so that eight o'clock it's sort of like, hey, how's everyone? Today we're talking about blah, blah, blah. And then I'll do it so that a couple of minutes later the first question goes out. Then after that it's every 15 minutes. But sometimes I get real passionate about a certain subject and I end up with five questions, mm. which means I then have to do them every 12 minutes. So it's then trying to remember when the 12 minutes is up. Yeah. I don't calculate it beforehand, which I should. It would make my life easier. Yeah, because I suppose to some extent, if it's every 15 minutes, that's fairly... It's easy. It's to... easy to keep track of because you, if you've got a clock or a watch or anything, yeah. that's easier to keep track of. Whereas if you're doing 12 minutes, that suddenly becomes a bit mathematical. <laughs> 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 yeah it does just a bit <laughs> i think even the first one when you're trying to look for a 12 like mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's good because it keeps me guessing when it's the 12 minute ones mm. um but it's quite hard because obviously if i'm like replying to tweets and i'm like oh my god it's been 15 it should have been 12 but i'm aware that even when it's gone nine o'clock Sometimes the chats carry on going anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of like I'm sure if it went over even by five minutes, yeah, I don't it think... wouldn't be horrific. No, it's not like um, it's not like it's at lunchtime when it's twelve till one in someone's lunch hour. Um, so I don't think, like you say, I think if you run over five minutes, I don't think anyone's going to mind. And a few people are there anyway, aren't they? Sort of saying, um, I can't remember if I've done it. Um, but like I'll go and look at my blog post or my website or whatever yeah, yes. so there's usually people hanging around afterwards anyway yeah and the thing is is it's not like I'm telling people they have to be there so it's kind of like if you have commitments at nine o'clock then mm. you know everyone's free to go but you know people do sort of hang around after so yeah. it did go over if people did need to leave I'm sure they'd leave and then yeah. anyone else that could stay yeah I mean, some people go to bed halfway through, which is... I just, I've got this image in my mind now that we're talking about people hanging around and I'm like, it feels like it's a very physical thing I'm imagining. (laughs) We're talking about essentially people just sat at home on their phone or laptop and we're talking about people hanging around. It's quite weird because it just feels like it's such a close, like, community that we're kind of all becoming friends, but none of us know each other. Yeah. Which is quite weird when you think about it that way. Especially when you don't have your name as your Twitter I know. handle. <laughs> it's like, guess what I could be called? <laughs> I thought of that the other day. I was like, oh my God, they no one knows my name. Yeah. But I suppose... Which is quite cool. It's, it keeps it quite... Um, I don't know. I guess it crosses over because you still have like your picture. Yeah. Um, which sometimes is you and sometimes isn't. Um, <laughs> but... Like, that's kind of, like, your personal thing. But also having a uh, handle that's not, like, a name... Yeah. ...kind of makes it a bit more balanced, in a way, I think. I don't know... Yeah. I don't I know how to describe it, but... Because the thing is, is it's kind of, like... I'm, like, quite open with my blog and whatever else. Mm. So the people around me know, sort of, that my, my like, online name is the mental health blogger. Mm. They know it's me. But it's quite nice that, like, no one else does. Yeah. Like, the people that know you through the blog don't know you, you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. 
So it's kind of like, unless you know that it is me behind it, mm. then no one knows, which is mm. quite nice. Yeah. I think it gives you a little bit of protection to some extent as well. Like when you're talking about things that are quite personal. Yeah. Um, it gives you a bit more chance to know um, that there is a little bit of distance there. So it's not like that person's going to suddenly... Um, <laughs> like call you up on Skype and ask you what your name is and where you live. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Next question, where do you live? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um so yeah, I I have I've had a like a brief look at, at your website. Um <laughs> Uh, and there's like loads of content so I was wondering when when did you start your website because that's obviously a lot more um got a lot more information on when we've been talking about the kind of the twitter chat which is in the last month or so um as to how that's come together um I started the blog in September of last year so September 2015 oh wow okay so it's been a year and a bit now Oh, but I always wanted to blog. Yeah, it, I had for about six months before. I was like, I really, really want to start a blog. I don't know why, but I do. And I tried to like set up one on who knows what, and it just completely failed because I wasn't like I didn't want to write about whatever I was going to write about a hundred percent. And then one day I was like, Oh my god, I should write about mental health. And then that was it. And then I started it. I set it up. And I just sort of thought, oh, no one will read it. It's about mental health. Um, it's just going to be something that I'll just sort of write. And then, you know, we'll just see. Like, yeah, just like my own space. Yeah. But mm. then it just it went a bit crazy. And loads of people looked at it. And I was like, oh, OK. People do read about mental health then. So and that's where I started becoming a right little uh, mental health activist. <laughs> <laughs> But you get, um, so you have like uh, guest bloggers as well, I think, don't you? Um, I've seen one, so I'm assuming. Yeah, I started it off. So basically my original plan, but it's changed, but my original plan for the website was that it wasn't going to be personally about me, but was going to be more a safe space for other people to share their stories. Okay. So loads of people sent in their stories and I've got a whole section of my blog that is like your stories or something like that and has got all these other people's stories. Um, I got some amazing people. I got like a war veteran who just like spoke all about his like PTSD and things and it just was so nice to know that people were actually just like, here's my story. Mm. I'm trusting you to stick it on there. Yeah. Uh, But it... Like, I was just kind of like, well, I'm expecting, well, not expecting, but I'm asking people to share their story with me and for me to put it on my blog, but I'm not sharing my story. Mm. So it then, I then made it more personal so that people knew that it was kind of like, if you want a human being behind the blog Mm. who like knew the ins and outs and things and whatever. So I then just put my story on there and then from there on, yeah, just sort of carried on. That's really good though. I think it's like you had your plan and you've kind of adapted it as you've gone along and you've had that chance to, as you say, talk about your own experience and things that you know, but also get other people to tell their stories as well, which I think is a really, is a really nice thing. And I think something that, um, I, I don't know how it started, but I've started to see a few more, um like examples of that now where people will 
have like guest bloggers where they talk about like maybe a set topic or about their own story and um i don't i don't i don't know how that started because i can't i can't say that i really knew much about that a year ago i i don't think i'd ever really heard of people kind of asking for other people to talk about stuff on their website i don't know maybe i was just missing that yeah well i i'd never read a mental health blog before i started mine um that which is probably why i thought that no one would read it because i just thought well Mm. No one. I mean, it wasn't actually until I found the Twitter community that I actually realised how many people do blog about mental health. Mm. Because before that, I was the only person I knew that did like blog about mental health. But yeah. it was like really nice to find that so many other people do as well. Do you find like I feel like there's that massive difference when you're you're kind of engaging in that online conversation because you will. I guess talk with other people that have that uh like subject in common with you yeah um whereas your I guess like friends family like other students or co-workers will be the people that are kind of just naturally around you because of geography or work or study or whatever um and like you say you can be the only person that you know and to have that opportunity to talk online like makes a huge difference yeah but I mean I started off with like, oh, I'm not going to share my blog with anyone. Um, and I think it, t- it actually took me like a good week to even say to my mum, look, I've started this. Mm. Because I I actually was ashamed that I was starting it because I was kind of like, people are going to think I'm weird and things like that. And I got like such a good reaction. She was like, my mum was just like, oh, it's such an amazing thing you're doing. Like, it's really good. And then bit by bit, I was like, okay, I'm going to share it on my Facebook but so many people came forward and like would message me and be like, I've read your blog. Um, it's like, it's amazing. And then they'd share their experience with me. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, this is a good thing I'm doing because other people are opening up about their experiences, which is the goal really, because the more people that we get to talk about mental health, then the less stigma there'll be. Definitely. I think that's really good. Um, like, I can't tell how much, like, I was just imprinting, like, my own experience of Facebook when you were talking about it, but it's, like, that pause that you had, like, putting something on Facebook is a big deal. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like you say, to some extent on Twitter, like, if you engage in a, a chat about mental health for an hour each week, it's quite possible that a lot of your friends that maybe follow you on Twitter don't see that if they yeah. just happen to not be on at that time. Yeah. Um, whereas I think Facebook, just people, I don't, I don't know. I get because I don't go on there as much. I feel like everything you put on there is really visible. Yeah, it's, um, it's there, isn't it? Because yeah. Out where you scroll, it will still be there, and people will still see it. Mm. And I think. Um, yeah, just Facebook, the way it works, the way it holds information. Um, I've always been like reluctant to put stuff on there. Um, and like every time I post, um, something that's like mental health related. Um, so I've had like a couple of blog posts that I've posted over. Um, and like every time, like there's so much, like so much of an internal conversation that happens around the pushing post button. I know, because it's kind of like you have to mentally think of all the people that will see it and you're like, well, these people would be fine if they see it, but what about these people? What what will they think? And it's just having like to decide and it's like, you know, 
it's like it's quite hard to just be like, oh, okay, I'll share this because because there is a, still a stigma that it's kind of like well, if you share it, people might think you're weird or something. But a lot of the time, they don't. They don't think like anything bad of it. Mm. So it's just like it's all internal, but yeah. it's still like a huge thing to be like, okay, I'm going to post. It, it does. It feels so massive because, like you say, you worry about like, other people's perception of it. Um, and I think a lot of the time, sometimes we've kind of built that up in our own heads rather than like the, if we, th- if we thought about it with a balanced mind, maybe a lot of the people that we know, we know or we think are going to read it actually would react fine to it. Yeah. The worst reaction they're going to have is to ignore it. Exactly. Um, they're generally not going to say anything negative. Um, no. And I think the response that you get um, that you started to talk about where you have people that kind of reach out and talk to you about things or experiences that they've had that you would never have known about if you'd not been that, the first person to talk. Exactly. But I've noticed that it's very much like as soon as I started to talk about my story, other people started to talk about theirs. And I think that's what it is. Like talking about mental health is like a chain. Once one person starts, more people will open up and talk about theirs because like so many people suffer from mental illness. Like it just, it still baffles me why it's a taboo subject Mm. because like, it's just like one in four people. That's just a crazy statistic, but we don't talk about it. So I think that's why it's good to talk about it because we need to like, make it part of that everyday conversation and for it to be okay to be part of everyday conversation Mm. i think there's so many things that we are and it in my mind it is a little bit worse um in the uk because we do have that um like stiff upper lip like um i guess like a cultural identity to some extent um but it's like the lack of willingness to talk about something um, that we don't kind of fully understand. Yeah, um, or anything that makes, like, us uncomfortable. Yeah. I like think to... that comes from, like, not understanding something. Like, if you don't understand... Um, say you've never played, like, Twister before, mm. then you probably, like, are less likely to play it or to talk about other people about it because you don't really understand it and you don't know what it is. Yeah, true. Um, and I think it's people being like open and honest and saying like oh i've never played that before like oh what is it about and like how does that work and like oh when you've played it like what's happened and then those people that have like experienced something different are able to say oh like um i did this and it went really well or that didn't really work for me and da 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 um i don't know if that's a good example or not but (laughs) (laughs) but um i think yes kind of that um i'd rather avoid it and not talk about it at all rather than engage in a a conversation i'm not really sure about and um i don't i could be wrong but i don't think people avoid it because they're worried about offending people um i think they just avoid it because they don't know about it and just don't want to talk about it i think like education is definitely key Mm. and i just don't understand why it's not taught like in schools because young people, that's sort of adolescence is when things start mm. for a lot of people. So it's just kind of like, well, why don't we? Yeah. Sort of, because even if like that particular student won't be affected, they'll probably know someone who will be. Definitely, yeah. Well, when we have, because um, I talk a little bit about it in my workplace, um, yeah. but I don't talk about my own situation, which is 
potentially a little bit hypocritical, but here we go. Um, <laughs> is that uh, I think when we talk about the the one in four, um, yeah. like the idea that, okay, so you've got one in four chance that you're the person that's going to be affected at some stage by mental health. But equally, if you're not that person, like, let's be realistic, you're going to know someone. Exactly. Um, everyone's got like four friends or four family members um or four adults that are uh, near or around them um so i think the kind of the reality is that everyone is going to um be exposed to uh, a mental health illness at some stage whether it exactly. affects you directly or indirectly um and i very much agree with like the push for things like um kind of sexual health to be discussed a lot more in education yeah um and i think like that should be but we're actually at a stage now where that's kind of spoken about a little bit and creates its own debate um, yeah and i'm you start to see now like very slowly but mental health is starting to get there as well where that's becoming it's like a conversation about a conversation yeah i mean like when i was at school i think i had one lesson in my whole time at school about mental health. Well, you're one less enough on me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I should count myself lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know I don't know what a percentage of zero is to one. I'm not sure about that, but um what did your what did your in detail lesson entail? Um I think it mainly just like spoke about self harm. Okay. But that, that seems was... like a big jump to me to go from not talking about anything at all to self-harm. I know, but they didn't... That was that was basically it. It was like an hour on self-harm and that was it. Okay. So, and I just think there's so much more. Like, looking back on it, I think there's so much more mm. to mental health than just giving, like, children one lesson on self-harm. Oh, God, yeah. So I try and make sure that I, like, go back to my old school and I do assemblies on mental health. Oh, cause I'm, I'm going to educate you. <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah i try i've been doing it for the last two years oh wow so yeah i go back and i'm like i'm gonna talk to you (laughs) 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 you will come out of it educated but it's the same thing the response i get from that is amazing Mm. i mean the first year we did it um i organized it because i was like right that's it we need we need an assembly about mental health Mm. um i think there was about eight of us in the end who stood up and shared our stories and the response was amazing. I mean, people... I mean, it's not a good thing, but, I mean, we got a reaction. People were crying um, because it touched them. Mm. And I think that's when you know if you've hit a, like, you yeah. know, if you've hit a nerve in them, you've affected them, and that means they'll remember that assembly. Mm. And I thought that's a good thing because they'll take those things away with them. And, I mean, I did it again last year, and people came up at the end and sort of spoke to me. And it's just like, you know... taking half an hour just to talk to young people about Mm. mental health is going to make such a difference it's so i think it's so powerful when it's someone talking about their own experience yeah um i've been to a um like a safe driving event and um it was basically similar to i think what you're talking about is there was five six people that come up uh, and stand on a stage to uh, hundreds of students Mm. um and talk about their own experience and there's like a a firefighter that talks about having to cut somebody out of an accident um, like a paramedic that has to deal with someone 
um, that I think eventually dies and like how you deal with that. Um, mm. Someone that was in an accident um, and that was then paralysed from that. Um, and then I think the last speaker or the second to last speaker was a mum. Um, and before they, they, I think they came up onto the stage and they laid like something at the back of the stage and then they go over to the side to the podium and it's just, they start to talk. Yeah. And um, because other people had spoken, like you got a gist of gradually where it was going. Yeah. Um, and this lady came up and she didn't have like a, a police helmet or anything. So you knew she was probably going to be a parent or someone, something like that. But literally like just the sound on the mic of her breathing as mm. she walked onto the stage, like made me cry. It's like she's, but she's not said anything, Aye. but the, like just the power of, like that person being there and the inevitability of you knowing what they're going to say. Um, and it's that, that personal, um, that personal experience, like someone talking about what they've experienced, like their reactions, their feelings, um, is so powerful. Well, that's the thing, because I think, especially when it cut like with mental health, people have like a stereotype in their mind Mm. and I kind of like you know before I got Mm. ill or whatever I had that stereotype I was like oh you know people look gothic and things like that and I think that's like my that's how I always start the assemblies is kind of like mental health affects anyone Mm. you don't have to look like this and I like name all these traits and all these things and I like then sort of like name the complete opposite of those and I'm like but it could affect anyone because at the end of the day I know that I don't look like someone who could be affected Mm. yeah I am and it's the same case with so many different people like you know it's just it's anyone and I think having that personal connection is kind of like and have someone probably like stand in front of you and be like this is what happened it just like you're just like wow so that's what I do (laughs) That sounds amazing. <laughs> but I think especially to, like, the examples that you're obviously giving in that, I think the, like, the times that I do see um, mental health covered or um, anything like that with to do, uh, like, websites or print media or anything like that, it's always the sad person in the window or the person, like, um, curled up with their head in their hands in the corner exactly. somewhere. And I'm like, oh my god, yes, that does happen, but ninety yeah. percent of the time, it's not that. <laughs> it doesn't look anything like that. And yet, yeah. every time something's printed or written, like those are the images that are used. Okay. And I think that's why you start to get um, some of the things that um, I don't know have gradually been touched on in some of the online chats are that stigma that comes from, oh, but you don't look like you have. Um, like a mental health illness or um, like you're you're successful like you're at uni you're studying you've got stuff going on um, like you don't have um, any reason to be like that Um, and I think that comes from like literally it's not even to do with the text that's in those articles it's just the images no because it says it all doesn't it they're portraying everything that they want to portray in an image yeah and it's just kind of like but it's so wrong it's yeah <laughs> oh it's so annoying I'm gonna I try know. not to get like too caught up in it because it could talk for like a couple of we hours could. just on that yeah no that's very true we could um I think one of the one of the other things like I thought would be quite interesting to kind of get your feel on is um something that 
I know you've blogged about with regards to like temporary friends recently. Yeah. Um, but I think more and more like getting to the stage where we have like a really cool online community of people where um, we're able to talk quite openly and honestly about the stuff that we go through um, to an extent that potentially we're not talking to our in brackets real life friends about mm. um, and kind of how that leads into like are we relying or benefiting from like having those online friends and are they does it matter or do you think those people over time would change like would they become I guess like I don't want to say like real friends but um people that you maybe like meet up with that you establish a relationship with or do you think like some of those online relationships are like another form of like a temporary friendship where you're kind of avoiding like reliance on people because you know to some extent they can walk away or you could walk away from them yeah I think the thing is is like with sort of online friends or like the online community it's kind of like especially when it comes to like mental health you're writing I don't know like I think a lot of people might agree with me that writing is a lot easier than speaking Mm. and I think that's the thing with real life friends you have to speak to them and Also, it's very much a thing that real-life friends might not know how to deal with, like, mental health side of things. Whereas we're, like, obviously we're part of a specific mental health community. Mm. You know, everyone understands and maybe not know how to deal with, but, like, knows how to support other people that are going through similar feelings. Yeah. So I think that's where it's helpful because it's a lot harder when it's, you know, someone who hasn't had the education to know or the personal experience to know how to support someone who is going through a tough time. But whether or not, you know, they could become, like, real friends that you meet up with and things like that, it's just that, obviously, people are all over the place. Mm. Some people might be on in another country. Other people might be you know one end of the country and other people at the other end of the country mm. so that's where it's you know everyone's everywhere and everyone's got their own lives so it's weird because obviously with real friends you do show them the majority of your life because they're living it with you whereas like the online friends they only see what you're choosing to share or have them be part of mm. But at the end of the day, like, I know, especially with, like, where I'm sort of, like, anonymous, I've got, like, a whole life that I'm doing that, you know, no one knows about. So in that sense, like, can you be, like, like real friends mm. with people who don't know, you know, the essential parts of your life? I suppose, uh, yeah, I agreed with everything up until the last bit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know, I I guess because, um, like you say, to some extent, like, um, your, like, your name, um, and who you are is, um, like, part of you, but arguably, the, like, your name uh, is not hugely important, um, like, it's you as a person and as a character, and I think, um, like, the people that you talk to online, um, get a large part of that and the people that you're friends with get a large part of that but they can be kind of different versions of you yeah um and so it's having that that merger like 
so that someone that you chat to online kind of maybe crosses over um, and you chat um, like if you're part of like a mental health chat say that you chat about other stuff about videos films music or whatever um, and equally if you've got a friend that you used to talk to about like um, I don't know your studies or like a hobby or a group or something that you're part of that you then also talk to about some of the mental health stuff that you have going on like whether that's projects or your own experience um i don't know i guess in life we generally have different groups of friends where we play different roles anyway yeah that's true i Uh, think especially like where obviously my account is solely mental health mm. like there's nothing else of me on there yeah and obviously there's so much more to me as a person than what is there Mm. so i guess it is like sort of just allowing yourself to be different like showing different sides yeah so you know if i'm having a bad day i might then tweet about it but then won't necessarily tell my real life friends Mm. so it's kind of like it does depend obviously if you've got an account where you're quite happy to be open and be like who you are and everything then that's okay but where i think my account's quite specific Mm. it's kind of like a divide in a sense yeah but then i suppose it's also your um i I don't know i kind of see like your account in a slightly different way in that like yes it's you but um you're there as a blogger um, yeah you're kind of like there as the host for obviously like that chat um and you're there kind of like i don't know it's a slightly different role because i know some people have like split accounts so like i have split accounts where i have um like one that's for like my professional work in life i have one that's like me um and i have one that that is like for the podcast and for the blog and so for anything that's like directly to do with like oh an episode's gone out or i've posted a blog um we'll go through like that account um which has got like probably 200 tweets and then everything else like i'll send out as me and then i think if someone does really want to listen to or read something but doesn't want all the other crap that I talk about, um, <laughs> <laughs> then they go through that account. And I think yeah. I kind of see yours as sort of in between, but more towards like the account that is for like, we're going to chat at this time about this. And if like odd bits here and there, I'm going to post, but not like loads. No, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Um,. So do you think like having more like online friends is some, been something that you found beneficial? I have like I have sort of settled into the community. <laughs> um I didn't think I would because originally my Twitter account was literally sort of like oh here's a new post and that was all I was tweeting. Yeah. Um but I think as I sort of started to read other people's tweets of like, you know, if they were having a good day, they'd post it. If they were having a bad day, they'd post it. Yeah. And then I kind of thought it it might be an idea to show that I'm a person behind all of this, like here's another post kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it makes me more relatable as well. And I think through that, I've then started to connect with more people because... I'm not just being like, oh, here's another post. Yeah. Uh, I'm being more real with people and it's not, you know, it's being real and being like, okay, today I'm struggling kind of thing. Um, or being like, oh, today's a great day. I've achieved loads. Like, So it's 
being it's I think it's being more real and then through that I have sort of made sort of online friends yeah. through that that's really cool I think it's very true like I guess it's that balancing act but like the more people you've got to talk to and like you said before I think um writing is easier for some people than having that face-to-face kind of verbal communication as well so if it works for you like it's something you should engage more in and if you make more friends that way that's great yeah um okay so i've got one other question um and you kind of touched a little bit on it earlier with regards to like collecting stories for your website but um like you're a younger person um talking about what is obviously like quite a serious issue um and engaging with loads of different people from different backgrounds and different ages like how does it make you feel to like be able to kind of have that um i guess like that responsibility or that opportunity to like lead those chats or to go in and obviously do the presentations that you do in school um and be someone that kind of actively i don't want to say works because i don't feel like maybe you feel differently i don't feel like it's a job um but like the I guess, uh, and operates doesn't feel like, that is active within the mental health community. (laughs) Just go with that. (laughs) Um, I've completely, that was such a long question. It was, wasn't it? Sorry, it was a bit of a, like, I had an idea and I kind of made it up as I I was sort of saying it. It it sort of changed. Um, I guess, like, within, like, the role that you have, you talk to loads of different people and you're involved in lots of different things around mental health. Mm. Um, how do you feel like as a young person like doing that I think for a long time I was ashamed to have struggled yeah but the thing is is it took so many years of my life that I don't want to keep looking back on those years negatively Mm. so instead I want to make something positive out of it and you know, it was a hard couple of years, but the idea now is that I've come out stronger and that I'm going to use my experience to help other people. And obviously with that does come a responsibility because the more that I talk about it, people do confide in me. And sometimes it's very much an issue of like, okay, I'm now worried about this person. Yeah. How do I then deal with it to help them but also protect myself um but I think it's good because young people do need to talk about mental illness and I feel like older people probably wouldn't talk about mental illness so it's up to us to sort of get the conversation going and then become normal I think it is I think you're right I think it's one of those things where sometimes um younger people are um or can be like a little bit less fearful yeah and um i don't know i don't they can also be more creative i think um whereas like older people have like an amazing experience that they can tell you about um but it's using that kind of creativeness i think usually comes from from younger people and having that opportunity to kind of mix those together with things like the online chats where you have um sometimes you could get a 12 year old that's experienced crap loads (laughs) um but someone that's kind of lived their life gone through those stages where like maybe they've studied and they've worked um or they've had to care for someone 
um, and all the challenges that that can bring. Um, I think that's there's so much there that that they could talk about, but sometimes there's that fear of of talking out that is so um, uh, like inherent within our society and within the 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 life that they've essentially lived in. Whereas I think my my view is that younger people are kind of coming through at a time when we are starting to talk about mental health a little bit more now um and you haven't lived through like 40 or 50 years of oh you don't talk about that no Um, like you've still been brought up with that yeah but you've not lived through so much of it so you've still got a chance to kind of help other people change that perception and that and the world that we live in yeah and I feel like a lot with sort of what I wanted to do was that it was just kind of like I mean I was 16 when everything first started Mm. and I was kind of like this isn't normal like I'm so young why is all this happening and I think that that's another thing that I want like in my mission to help people and to like get rid of the stigma is to sort of be like well it can happen at any age and if you are young Mm. then it's okay to sort of reach out for help like you're not weird for it or you're not like an alien like you are still normal yeah and you know you can still like out like reach out for help and stuff i think that's really good it's trying to get like like you say it's it's having that conversation encouraging other people to have that conversation and um through things like your website and like the chat um the hashtag mental health uh our chat where it's providing an opportunity for people to come forward as well i think and i think especially i've noticed a little bit now with a couple of the different chats that go on where you get someone that posts like you were saying before someone that maybe posts one or two things and isn't like actively involved um i do have a sneaky feeling that quite a lot of those people actually um watch like the the they watch the feed yeah, I think they do too. Um, and they don't necessarily add into the conversation. So you can't say, oh, there were like 10 people that interacted because that person won't have counted as the 11th person. But actually that one person that um, maybe didn't interact with it at all or maybe they just sent one message could have fed it all the way through and really taken a lot from it and might go back and maybe yeah. look at um, some of the blogs that people post or go and look at your website. Um, and that can make a real difference to that person. And it might might be that that person comes along next week and adds in or it might be that they don't come back um but the the things that they take away from it can be so powerful mm-hmm. um and it's not it's not recordable in the old sense of like oh this is what i've achieved or like it's just not yeah it's not measurable in that way and so okay. it's quite hard to say oh, i've affected so many people um but in reality just by talking about something and um kind of having that opportunity for people to be involved or to watch and see i think um it's like a massive achievement on its own and i don't think any of us will ever really appreciate um like how powerful that message can can have been to somebody yeah i mean the thing is is that i think like it's amazing the whole social media and you know what people can do to start a conversation about mental health mm. But it's difficult as well because it's online. So it's kind of like 
as much as you know you can become friends with people and they can support you they can't necessarily like help you like properly yeah. help um and i think that's why i kind of like do the assemblies that i do because i when i first got ill i didn't i couldn't tell like my mom and i couldn't tell my younger brother and i didn't really tell any friends mm. but i turned to my school and i think that's like what i try to sort of let people know is that you have got your school and they can help you obviously mm. each school is different with how they deal with certain things but they are there they are a support system and like for me for like up until I finished sixth form they were like such a big support system for me yeah that I kind of want to share that with other people because mm. I think a lot of people just think, oh, they're just teachers, like they won't help and things like that. But, you know, it's I very much feel that like if it wasn't for the teachers, I would never have got help and I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm. So I think it's and the positive about like schools and things like that is that they are physically there, like they physically know you and they can help you or help you to access help. Yeah. You feel like you can't talk to other people whereas when it's online you know you can tell someone oh like you know you could ring this number or you could talk to this person mm. but they it's up to them to do it yeah it's Which, giving them the like the information to make their own decision and their own actions but making sure that they know like oh if you're struggling or you want to find out about something like there are people that you can go to and questions you can ask exactly because i think like a lot of people think that you know there's only like your parents and you know siblings or friends mm. and that's it but there are so many other people that can help yeah and you can access help like in different ways um i think we're start to round it off just because we're just clocking over an hour okay <laughs> um i feel like we could go on for another hour but <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to get a drink at some stage <laughs> um did you were you eating dinner at the same time i don't think you were you've done too much talking to have been eating oh no yeah time. i've done too much talking to reality yeah. at the same time um yeah it'd be really cool to to have you on again in the future maybe have a chat through some of the stuff um like obviously the things that you're doing in education sound really cool and it'd be cool to have um uh like another chat about where um you see like the the mental health hour going in the future and other things that like could be done with it um especially knowing now that like it's part of or it started off as part of like a uni project um with some people having finished their chats like um how long you want to carry yours on for or what you want to do with it in the future um, yeah. and things like that um i don't know if you've got a couple of short thoughts that you might want to mention on that no i don't know but i definitely know i would like to come back <laughs> okay that's good that's good we can have an extended chat then cool. <laughs> um so uh just like a little bit for the end of the podcast is uh i usually get people to just do like a quick introduction um that basically um if i can be bothered um i'll try and clip like the first part of it to the start of the episode so you basically say hi and what your name is um yeah. if you're happy to say your name um <laughs> and uh but also give out like your contact stuff so things like your uh like the twitter account and your website 
Um, And then I just leave that at the end of the podcast as well. So if people are interested afterwards, um, they can go and look at some of the stuff that you've put up as well. Uh, So are you happy to do that? Yes, I am. Lovely, lovely. Um, So if I just get you just to say like, um, hi, my name is, and then like your contact details and things like that. So hi, I am Angie, the mental health blogger. Um, My website is www.thementalhealthblogger.com. My Twitter is at mblog101 and my Instagram and my Facebook page is The Mental Health Blogger. Do I follow you on Facebook? I can't remember if I follow your page. I don't think so. I think the only person from Twitter that's got my Facebook is Kay. Oh, okay. don't think anyone else has. Uh, Okay. I'll have to go and make sure I follow your your page. I've got... um, uh, facebook yeah like that's it like um oh, i just i despair of my facebook page i don't oh, i just find it like unuseful and almost a waste of time i've nearly got to the stage where i've got rid of it because i think i just do everything on twitter yeah no it's true um I, like the majority especially if you're a blogger it's best to be on twitter yeah i don't i'm sure there's loads of stuff you can do and i know um uh Kay does loads of stuff with photography and gets loads of people to um look at her page on Facebook but uh, yeah I just yeah I don't know I'm in between with with what's going on with Facebook yeah uh, that's what I've carried on with (laughs) um but yes it's been lovely to talk to you Angie (laughs) um yeah yeah, I feel like there's loads of pressure to remember it as well (laughs) yeah do not go and call me some other weird name now that you know the name (laughs) No need for any Doris or Gertrude or hashtag or whatever, oh. Anorak or whatever it was. That you tried to me <laughs> Definitely Doris or Gertrude. <laughs> You're like, it's kind of an affectionate name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, it's been lovely to talk to you. And um, we will, we'll have to do another podcast, maybe towards uh, towards Christmas or after the new year, we'll do another one. Okay, I've really enjoyed it. That's really good. How have you, like, how, it feels weird to ask you because you could just lie. Um, but, <laughs> like, I know you were a little bit nervous about coming on because we'd not spoken, like, a huge amount um, about what we were going to talk about, if at all. Um, yeah. And obviously, like, we've not chatted other than, like, online text messaging no, and things like that before. So, like, um, how do you feel about, like, coming on to a podcast and chatting? I love it. It's really weird. I was like, oh, people are going to hear me. It's going to be so weird and things like that. But literally the minute we started talking, I was like, oh, my God, this is fine. I'm fine. And I've really, really enjoyed it. Like, I would 110% do it again. That's really cool. That's awesome. I like, it feels weird to, like, not have a video as part of the chat. But I think some people are more comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, And it's also really handy for me because I, while I do everything else on my phone, um, I only have the recording app on a computer so I have uh, to do this on a computer which doesn't have a webcam. Yeah. So it becomes really difficult to do that. I'm like, well, I don't really need the video. So Yeah. I think it's better anyway, because like obviously where I am anonymous and you've only just learnt my name. <laughs> <laughs> and Can't like some, everything at all at one you sometimes know, one it's, go. it's quite nice like when I ask a question and I get like someone talks back, sometimes I like I like just listening. So yeah. I like rest my head on the desk. And I just listen to you talk. Aww. And I think that would look really weird. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, if, 
but wait, when people would listen to the podcast, would they watch it or listen? Uh, they just watch, um, just listen. Oh, okay, There's yeah. No, um, I tried to do one on YouTube, um, but like because there's no video to go along with it, it's basically a waste of time. Um, yeah. So I put the the podcast goes on um, iTunes and Acast. Okay. Um, so they're the two like providers that I go through. Um, so yeah. iTunes obviously only accessible through um, like uh, iPhones and Apple products. Um, but Acast is like an open sourced, so you can access that on anything. Um, mm. And when I post on Twitter, I usually use the Acast link just because it's shorter. <laughs> so <laughs> the I think the iTunes link comes out at like a hundred characters, whereas the Acast one is like ten. Oh so, wow! Okay, big difference. Yeah, like it's really handy. Like if you're trying to put like a couple of hashtags in there for um, like people to see it. I can't yeah. do that if I ever use the iTunes link, um, just because it takes up so many characters, um, yeah, which true. is really annoying. But right, okay. Well, it's been lovely talking to you, and we will talk again soon. Um, if not soon. before, we'll talk on Monday. Yes. Okay. <laughs> What's Sounds our topic going to be probably... next week? Oh, I don't know. It's in my notepad. Okay, it'll be a secret. It'll be a secret till then. Just okay. like my name. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's okay. Thanks for chatting. Talk to you next time. Speak to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Yeah, otherwise it's a bit tedious going through the whole yeah. thing and having to like pause and keep getting rid of Well, them. and it's cool, like, if that's your thing to, like, go through and edit stuff and spend ages on it. But I quite like just the chatting part. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not so fussed about making it sound amazing. <laughs> I've just found a spider in my room. Oh, is it big? <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> Oh, and it's right by me. Do you want to go and get something to get rid of it? Can I quickly go and get a glass? Yeah, go for it. it. Okay, wait, two secs. I'm back. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got carried away singing. <laughs> but, spider, spider situation sorted.